Larry Weber is an educator, author, and naturalist, and he joins us every Friday for Backyard Almanac. Larry is on the line. Good morning, Larry. Yeah, good morning, good morning. I will, uh, if you excuse this, I will do a little bit of backtracking during the conversation today, but that's only to put uh, the snow into perspective. Of course. Uh, we we are getting another snow, uh, about two inches of new snow outside here, during my walk here this morning, and it's 23 degrees, so it's not that wet of a snow. It was easy to shovel it. The uh, the biggest amount of snow, sounds like, in the next couple of days is going to take place tomorrow. But once again, uh, this is March, and we have had snows in the past. For many years, March was considered the snowiest month. Uh, things have changed, and now statistically, it is number five on the list of the snowiest month. We've had some Marches in recent years there's been very little amount of snow so it's it, it's no surprise either way uh the snowpack uh that's the amount of snow on the ground uh certainly varies a great deal in different places but the weather service reports about 30 inches in the snowpack which is pretty intense and march is the month of the deepest snowpack march is also the month of crusty snow now, during my walk this morning, I found fresh tracks of a rough grouse, and the rough grouse was walking in the new snow. Now, rough grouse are small enough that they won't break through the crust. So that part was probably good for the rough grouse. The downside of it was, why was it walking around at that time? Well, probably they had it had trouble in its usuals going to the usual way of sheltering in winter. They will bury themselves in snow now, the snowdrift is a good place to be buried. It's safe. Uh, however, it doesn't give a lot of food, and so they have to go out and take a look. Now, when we get days in which it warms up and then freezes again and there's a crust forming, that can be pretty difficult for the rough grouse. And so this one was out probably looking for food, and they'll often go to uh, buds on trees at this time of year. Also of note, I said uh, fresh tracks in the driveway yesterday of raccoon. Raccoons, as I've talked about before, will sleep. They don't exactly hibernate, but they sleep deep sleep through much of the cold weather. Mild days, they'll get up and move around. It is not unusual to see raccoons in uh, mild days in February, and I think I mentioned earlier a few weeks ago how we had one in our garage. Uh, it's different when it gets to March. When in March you start seeing the tracks of raccoon and then a neighbor told me about seeing a skunk, uh, that might mean they will wake up and they will stay awake. And they'll often go out looking for food and for looking for a mate. And uh, this particular one was probably more looking for food, but I did see the fresh tracks of the raccoon. I saw, I've been seeing fresh tracks of uh, coyote every day. I, this week I had the fresh tracks of uh, fox and snowshoe hare <coughs> and both the gray and red squirrels and of course the uh, the deer mice. These critters continue to be active. Now with the squirrels and the mice, these little rodents, they often start their breeding, and there may even be some already with a litter at this time. And they need to do that because that's how one way they survive is to have a lot of uh, babies as we go through the uh, the, well, the coming warmer months. Uh, every year at this time, I like to go through what I call uh, swamp watchings. Spring Swamp Watch. As part of my walk every day, I pass a swamp. The swamp is right near the road. It's easy to see. 
but what I like to see is the changes that take place. Now, right now, it's snow-covered, and it looks like it's been snow-covered for a long time, and it's going to stay that way for a long time. However, besides snow in the forecast, there's also temperatures in the 40s, and it's not unusual they get we get warmer than that. So it, when that happens, the ice and snow will start to break up on the swamp, and things start to take place. The swamp has also been, in recent years, it has been, or recent years, as long as I can remember, it's been the home of Canada geese. And the Canada geese that nested there last year are very quick to come back to reclaim the territory. And it's not unusual that even though we will have ice and snow covering the swamp, the Canada geese will show up. It is not unusual in this time of March to see a few Canada geese and maybe even a, a small flock of them. I had a remarkable experience this week. Uh, I was going into Duluth and I <clears throat> crossed the I, uh, the bridge of the St. Louis River on Highway 23 that crosses the St. Louis River at that site. And there are some places there where there's moving water, and the moving water will break up quicker than others. Well, the first time I stopped there, it was all covered with ice. Two days later, I noticed there was a little patch of open water. So I stopped there to take a look and see if anything was going on, and I looked in two different sites. I did not see any any uh, birds or migrants or anything like that. I turned to start to walk back to the car, and I heard this loud blasting noise coming from up in the sky. And so I just stopped and waited. And sure enough, two trumpeter swans came in to the open water. Uh, it is remarkable to be there right at the time of the early migrants showing up. There are three very loud birds that show up in our region in March. All of them are loud, all of them are large, and yet we usually notice their presence by hearing them rather than seeing them. In addition to that trumpeter swan, they're also, according to, as I said earlier, there's Canada geese. And then a little later in the month, we'll have the first uh, uh, sandhill cranes showing up as well. Meanwhile, there's other birds that have been showing up as migrants. I had a neighbor tell me about seeing a flock of uh, snow buntings. Snow buntings are a kind of sparrow. They're about the same size as a sparrow. They're called snow buntings for a couple of reasons. Number one, they seem to do very well in the snow and cold weather. They often go out in fields and along roadsides and so forth. Uh, fields is where they like to be, and they feed on seeds there. But if they can't find it too well, they will go along the roadsides. And as we come by, that's when we might see them. Uh, this neighbor was telling me that that's what it was. Uh, they are, as I said, a kind of sparrow and about the same size. They got a lot of white on their body. Then there was a sighting of a horn lark. A horn lark is another example of a bird out in the, lives out in the open. Not as common here as they are further to the west, but we do see them on a regular basis. And both these two are songbirds and they're very early migrants. There was a report also in Duluth of a sighting of a grackle. Grackles are a kind of blackbird, and yes, they are a, a rather a regular sighting in March. I haven't seen any yet, 
but they they probably will be start showing up a little bit more during my uh, swamp walks in March. I always are looking for and listening for the first red winged blackbird of the season, but that usually takes place a bit later. I also had a neighbor tell me about seeing a hawk, a rough leg hawk, probably a type of a, a example of migrant uh, red tail hawks, and maybe some a few other types of hawks such as American kestrel and harriers might be showing up. So things are definitely happening. Now, I mentioned earlier about the uh, rough grouse dealing with these uh, conditions. The conditions can be pretty tough at this time of year. You know, we're looking forward to spring, but we've got some days to go through before we get there. And with many wildlife, it can be pretty a pretty tough time to survive. One of the examples of that is uh, squirrels. Squirrels do not, tree squirrels do not hibernate. Some of the ground squirrels do, but not the tree squirrels. They have to continue to find food all winter. They make caches in the fall, and they can go back to those and dig them out. They also come, of course, to bird feeders that we've seen it many times. Well, the caches are a little hard to get at this time, and they might be depleted. So what do the squirrels do? They go to the maple trees, and it's not unusual to see maple trees that have stripped bark stripped from them at this time. And what's going on is that the squirrels are feeding on the bark. Sometimes they rip off pieces of bark and use it for their nest because they are starting their families now. But they also feed on it, and they like the taste of the sap. It is not unusual in March for their sap to be flowing on maple trees, and we probably all know someone who does maple maple syruping. And, uh, yes, that they notice that, and they will taste it, and they like it, and they go for it. And But they're also stripping trees. So if you're walking around like I was and see some cases of bark stripped from trees, what you're seeing is uh, hungry squirrels, and it may continue this for a couple more weeks. Uh, buds is another thing that they will feed on at this time. But like I said, this may be the time we look forward to spring, but we have a few uh, tough times to go through. Other things of note, uh, the snowfall. The snowfall, seasonal snowfall now is over 100 inches, I would say, after we finish this weekend. It could be as high as 110 inches. Now, I had someone ask me recently, is this going to be a record-setting snow in winter? I really don't think so. The record is goes back to 1995-96 winter when it was 135 inches. Uh, it's going to have to get a lot more for us to break that record. I don't think that's going to happen, but who knows? <laughs> it just seems to keep on coming. We have not reached any really mild days in March yet. It is not unusual in March for there to be 50 or 60 degrees, but we haven't come close to that. I'm looking forward to the 40 degrees that we're getting next week. And then of course, the days continue to get longer. We are now at 11 and a half hours of daylight. And don't forget on sorry, tomorrow, uh, sorry, on Sunday, not tomorrow, day after tomorrow, on Sunday, we begin daylight savings time for those who get up early and want to commute. And you've been noticing the earlier sunrise. Well, you're going to be commuting back in the darkness again. But on the other end is going to be sunset. The sunsets have just started to get after 6 p.m. And now with changing of our clock, the sunsets are going to be after 7 p.m. Uh, it takes a little adjustment, but we usually handle it quite well. Uh, there are other things that are happening. You know, with the longer days and the sunlight, uh, keep looking. There may be melting going on. I've noticed that along uh, south-facing roadsides at a lot of places. Yes, things are happening. 
you know, this is the time of year where we keep on looking beyond where we are. <laughs> so it's easy to start thinking about, well, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be this and this. The vernal equinox is the first day of spring is March 20, 10 days away. So we haven't quite made it yet, but we are moving in that direction. Now, if it doesn't seem like it with the snow and the cold, the daylight is showing. Yes, we're going in that direction. So take care and enjoy. Have a good one. Thanks a lot, Larry. Really appreciate it. That is Larry Weber. Larry is an educator, author, and naturalist, and he joins us every Friday for Backyard Almanac.